Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are on the... We're trying hard to make it true, but it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. So we're back for the hurling show, lads. No more big ball, no more nonsense talk, lads. So that's it. So we can, we can just talk hurling here. And uh, we're absolutely spoiled for choice, hurling fans are, this weekend. I was giving out about this on the football show. So there's three hurling games on this weekend on TV. Only one football game. And even though the football league this year is incredibly important because there's going to be a tier two. So division two and division three teams want to stay up and they want to go up and none of them want to go down. So there's more of a championship feel about the football league. Again, this sounds like groundhog year, Cheddar. I'll start with you. This league, for me, I'm looking at it going, meh. Westmead are going down out of division one. Um, And in division two, do teams really care about a league when they have another league coming after that? That's that's the the way I'm, I'm looking at it again this year. Um, well, I think that the league format last year Woolley, would have been better for developing counties. Um, I think there's no doubt about that. Um, but um, I, I look, uh, you know, in the last, I suppose, 10 or 15 years, there was a time certainly in the 70s and the 80s when the league mattered. As a, it, was, it was certainly regarded as a separate um, competition that everybody wanted to win. I don't think it's anything really less now in the sense of actually wanting to win with Woolley. Well, it'd be um, more as nice to win rather well, than just... I, I think it is. I think teams use it for different reasons now. It's not that they don't want to go out and win matches. There's a lot of variables that go on now at this time of the league. Um, um, you know, where are they? Where's the team in their development curve? Um, you know, are they trying to settle a team? Are they trying to find a, a, a method to play? Um, how many injuries do they have? Is it a new management um, Fitzgibbon is going to eat into it if you and a lot of players in the Fitzgibbon because if you lose the first game or two look you might have a different view then of what you want to get out of the league and that but nonetheless it's a very 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 important competition a hugely important competition in terms of preparation for the championship and if you just look at that and and you look at um, you know where Waterford are in the Munster championship they could very well be out of it in the middle of May um, Dublin could very well be out of the Leinster championship in the middle of May so your preparation and you know what you want to get out of it and get a settled team with your best players in the right positions playing the brand of hurling that you want to play with a number of game plans under your belt that you're going to be able to take on these teams is hugely important. So the importance of the league to preparation for the championship and to the importance for those counties is no less than it was back then, yeah. except the result may not be as important now maybe as it was a number of years ago. That's the thing. So as more of a feel of a warm-up competition, Brian, well, there's no quarterfinals this year. I meant to mention that the games on this weekend are Tipperary Limericks on air on Saturday then Waterford Cork is the live game on TG Catter and Kilkenny Dublin is the deferred game so three games um, no quarter finals this year Brian there is, there is that feel that it's a they just scrapped the, 
the January competitions and call the league what it is. It's a it's a warm up competition for the championship. Yeah, and I, like I'd actually like that we would go back to maybe a league that we had in around 2009 and 2010, where we actually had 16 teams. So there was a Division One, I suppose, at the top eight, and then Division Two had the next eight. Um, you could mix them if you want, if they want to tweak around with it again. But I actually thought the league worked really well that way. And I would do that and I would scrap those warm up, um, you know, interprovincial competitions, whatever they are, the, the Walsh Cup or, or yeah. the, the Waterford Crystal, um, and have, have a, you know, a, maybe a longer league rather than five matches. Um, you know, I thought the league was quite good then. It was, it was, it was quite competitive. Uh, you know, the teams that were down in Division 2 certainly wanted to get up to Division 1. But it also. I suppose had the purpose of what the league has always been, as 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 Cheddar's alluded to there, is that you know it was an opportunity for managers to try out players and try systems and you know um, essentially at the end of the day, I think that's always what the league has been. It's always been a warm up towards the the championship. It's, I suppose the the big thing here is the fact that the championship has turned into a league as well. Yeah, that's the thing. Jeez, I don't know if it's always been a warm up. I remember finals with Tipperary and Kilkenny and uh, yeah, but when you get go- to the finals, it's different. I you know, know everyone I, wants no, to win the final and semi finals. I get. I that. But you know, even I mean, even in the group stages, like okay, Tipperary Limerick now, there will be no quarter Aston given on Saturday, um, and, and both teams are going to win it. But it doesn't mean both managers are going to put out their, their first fifteen. Do you yeah. know, so it, it depends what the management is looking in terms of the long longer term picture there. And obviously, Cheddar obviously has been in that position more than I have, and and he'll definitely attest to that. But you know, when the ball is thrown in, <clears> both teams want to win. I, I've no doubt about that. Here's uh, last year's league, just so that people. I don't want to run down. I don't want to run down the league too because I want people to listen to the show here. <laughs> but at the same time, you have to be honest about it. Like Kilkenny last year were in a relegation match versus against Cork, and they made the All Ireland final. Dublin topped the group and beat Tip in the quarter final away and they lost to Leash in the championship. Tip lost to Dublin in the quarter final at home and won the All Ireland. And Waterford made the league final and had a woeful championship. So the idea that we would ever be, uh, you know, analysing teams or, you know, they're not looking very good, you know, that's out of the question during the league cheddar. I, I, but I don't think that, though, Willie, um, I think that's way, way too simplistic. There's a number of reasons why that's the case. You simply couldn't say that Brian Cody took any match last year easy and uh, just ended up where he where he did. That hasn't been his form in twenty years, so he wasn't going to start last year. And you know when you quote Kenny, and when you look at the reasons for that, like you know he's maybe in the very same position this year. He was missing all of the Ballyhale players. He may be missing Tullerone players um, in the next couple of weeks. And you could lose a couple of matches and be in the wrong place at the wrong time and suddenly end up in a relegation and get them all back. And and that's the real reason why you know why these things happen. So I think. I just go back to my earlier point. I think there's a lot of variables about results, particularly in the earlier stages of the league, which might actually then, you know, change your mind about, you know, what you want to do and what you want to find out in that. You certainly look, how else are you going to find out about players? How else are you going to, uh, I suppose, rehearse the game plan that you want to use or maybe their method of hurling? Um, and there's a number, I think this year is going to be very, very interesting. We might talk about it later on. There's going to be a number of counties that are probably going to have to look at changing things up a little bit because not necessarily that teams have found them out, but, you know, in, in, a, in a sense they have. Um, so so I, I, I don't think it is that hugely different. I don't, there, I don't know any manager that would go out and deliberately throw a game or lose a game. It's a, you know, it would be a terrible uh, psychological uh, um, position to put any team into um, but but I think there's a number of reasons why you know you end up maybe with the performances that you you, you know you'd like it to be a little bit different and it, it, uh, you know Brian makes the point that the championship is now a league and you know is it really um, you know it's doggy dog in both uh, provinces probably to an extent and you know I've just quoted Munster um, and Leinster, two teams that you know want to, to to move on. Watford want to move up with new management. Um, Dublin want to, to get to go to a different place, certainly a different place than they were last year. And you know, if they come into the championship undercooked and they haven't learned a lot about themselves and their team and and all of that, well, you know, they're going to have the same result again this year. Yeah, I think maybe that it, there's no manager would ever say, "Lads, we don't want to win this one." But managers could run the shite out of them on the Thursday night. You know, they could, I know, Willie. I know, Willie. Look, 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 that's 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 not really the I case. 
not trying to get real. Well, you might as well tell your players that you're that you're trying to throw the match. You know, these are all intelligent people. They know you're, you're after doing a 10k run on the Saturday night, and you're going out to play on the Sunday. So you might as well tell them, look, lads, we're throwing a match. I don't think it works like that. Do managers not use this time of the year to get loads of kind of you know I, I was going fitness to make, work done? No, I was going to make that point. You're in cycles of your training, and you know you, 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 this, the conditioning people will advise you where to go here, and you may very well be in the middle of a cycle on that. You won't change that, but you won't deliberately go out and run the hell out of them, you know, the, the night before or the morning. I, I often see that, um, you know, whereby somebody said, oh, I, I, I heard that, you know, such a team had put in a Sabbath uh, physical session on the Sunday morning and went out to play the match. I, I'd be amazed at this level or at that level, you know, the, considering the importance of the team and that, you might as well tell your players, lads, look, we're throwing the match here. So that's what you're doing. Yeah, pretty much. So there's loads of new managers, Brian. It's a little bit unprecedented, the amount of new managers in Division 1A and 1B. And then there's one in 2, obviously the big one in 2A is Offaly. Michael Fenley, Johnny Kelly, looks like a great uh, ticket. So we have Kieran Kingston's back with Cork. We have Shane O'Neill is in with Galway. Brian Lohan in with Clare. Liam Cahill, who I don't know anything about Liam Cahill uh, other than managing the tip under 21s and winning, winning against the odds. I think he kind of impresses me, the stuff I read uh, from him. Michael Fenley, then I mentioned. Westmead of a new manager who's Shane O'Brien um, from Kula. He, was, he won an under-21 All-Ireland with, um, with Westmead. So for maybe while I'm, while I'm talking down the league a little bit, Brian, when there's loads of new managers, that adds a bit of spice to it because obviously they, want to, they don't want to get off to a start and immediately put themselves under pressure while internally they might say, lads, no panic. Local press and media will say, geez, you know, they, they will start drawing conclusions when they shouldn't 100% I think they'll be chasing victories as quick as possible and again coming back to championship now the fact that it's a home and away agreement every team is setting out their soil that they're trying to make their their home grounds a fortress you know <laughs> how many times have we heard that um, over the last couple of years and how hard it is to, to go to say Parnell Park or, or Ennis Cusick Park and so on so they're trying to make sure of, of all games that the home games are crucial and you have to win those games um, you know Shane O'Neill there with Galway you know even he'd be disappointed even to lose that game last week against Wexford in, in the Welsh Cup final you know they had the win of it and Wexford just pipped him at the post um, but again something similar to what you're talking about he'll be trying to set out his stall even it's it's a difficult year or you know year two for Liam Sheedy because Tipperary haven't done their back to back and you know there's a lot of younger players you know really chomping at the bit now trying to get in you know they've won an under 21 championship two years ago under Liam Kyle won under 20 last year so you know trying to keep all those players happy as well as your more seasoned players um, and trying to make sure that they get game time and, and obviously they're not long back off their, their team holiday as well so, so you're dead right there's a lot of kind of factors at play here um, but again I, I'd have to reiterate what Cheddar's saying I think once that, that whistle's blown I think management will be trying to win those games all out do, does it does it take a very confident manager Cheddar to come in in your first year with a team um, especially a team like Galway like say take Shane O'Neill for an example right I know all the Galway players you know pretty much I'm not a hurling man I, you know you know their team and you, you wouldn't probably be able to pick 11 of them or 12 of them so like I mean is he going in trying to blank that out of his head and go this is not a good start if I have already got this in my you know what I mean in my head how long does he go in with a blank canvas or how easy is that to go in with a blank canvas with a team that the whole country knows mm. um, Look I suppose he does and he doesn't um, um, Wally um, look he'll have a clearer way that he thinks the team should play based probably on you know what he's seen I mean, you know, nobody's going to go into a county and not know uh, the things that drive the team and the way they play and the, you know the improvements that he think he can bring that he can thinks he can bring to it and you know some of that will be a little bit maybe maybe discussions with players even though players mightn't think that the manager is talking to them about these things but he is um, um, so he, I think anybody going in to, particularly going into Galway or any of these top teams if they don't have a clear vision about where they think the team is going to go and that. Um, they might tweak it and change it a little bit based on what they learn when they go into the counties, but they would certainly would have a clear vision about where the team would go. Um, so I, I think that there's not a huge amount of learning in that sense. There is a huge amount of learning about players and what drives them and individuals and all of those type of things. There is a lot, of, a lot to do with that. But I think just on the upper level, um, you know, in terms of the way the team should play and to where he thinks that team can move to based on the resources that's available to them, I think you would have a pretty clear vision going into a county. And to be honest with you, a county board probably shouldn't appoint you if you didn't have that. Right, OK. He, Shane O'Neill said, Brian, he said, there will need to be some sort of bedding in period 
we need to get to know each other as people as much as hurling people what our attributes are from a hurling point of view but also from our personalities and I was just thinking in the in the modern game like I know from going up to Portley's train and I, I don't hang around in the dressing room I, I bring my I go up in my gear and I just bring a pair of uh, bloody Crocs or whatever and I drive home leave them in the dressing room I don't hang around wonder when teams get to know each other personalities from a manager point of view I'll ask you Cheddar on this one as well like when does this happen or is this the old traditional thing of everybody going out for a pint and getting boxed off with a couple of different lads and getting to know them or has that gone out of Intercounty how does this work I wonder Brian yeah well look I think Intercounty is totally different from club and as well you have to bear in mind that you're a like and I'm probably similar enough to you, but you're at a different stage in your life where you've maybe kids at home and you're trying to rush out and get home as quick as you can. Whereas intercounty now, most players are there about an hour before training. True. Um, whether it's physio or first touch or video analysis or there's opportunities to meet the manager or management team and have those one-on-one conversations. Something similar afterwards. Players seem to be, and I've seen that you seem to be in no rush to go home. You're, you're, you know, you'll be there having a meal together and maybe video analysis. So there's an awful lot more opportunities outside of the the training. You know, the ninety minutes or whatever for management to have these meetings. And you know, it's it's well known and well documented that management management do have those one to one meetings uh, with players. You know, that kind of has moved on a huge amount from that perspective. I think Shane O'Neill is a good fit for Galway in that. You know, obviously being over in the Pearsheet, they were you know, a hurling style team, you know, they didn't play, say, maybe a sweeper. Um, so I think that would fit in well with the with the Galway setup. So I think it'll be a, a good transition from him. I think a couple of managers that might be under pressure would be the likes of Brian Lohan and even, um, you know, Liam Cal in, in, in Waterford where they've, they're going into counties that have the hangover of a hugely structured setup, be it Derek McGrath with Waterford uh, and we've seen how, how Parik Fannin, the fallout of that that he had last year, and obviously the same with um, you know Claire with the with the joint management there and Davy Fitz obviously. So I think those two managers in particular have have a you know they have a lot they have a lot of hard decisions probably to make and and maybe to change mindsets. I think that'll be tough for them in particular. Yeah, they probably do. And Brian Lowen was a big critic of of other manage, managers in Clare. I think he might have wrote for a local paper. Quickly, Cheddar, how did you get to know the James Stevens lads? Like, I mean, do you do you find do you find that important to get to know the the personalities absolutely, as well? Absolutely. Crucial, um, and it's different from county to county, and it's different where teams are in their uh, performance curve and all of that. Um, it, it, look, this is my view. Um, I think, look, you're managing people, um, and the coach. Uh, everybody's different roles here. Your your job, really, you're managing people. You need to get to know people. You need to first of all. And look, some people have different ways of doing things. There's no there's no one. A perfect fit for all here um, but I, I think you do need to create a sort of an open communications medium between management and players I think that's the first thing and I think doing that you know one to one with players and you've got to recognise as well that you know some players are very very quick coming forward with their thoughts and some aren't and you've, yeah. you, you've got to note all of those things and in, in I suppose in when you're looking at teams that are below the top seven or eight, it's a very, very different man management you've got to you've got to have there, and and you've got to really, really get to know players, what drives them, what motivates them, um, you know what they're doing work wise, absolutely everything, minute stuff about them because you don't know the hurdles that's holding them back. It's not just good enough to say, "I or I are going to hurdles County, you're going, you're going to play in a Leinster final or playing in All Ireland." It may not happen. So there's completely different motivation factors going on for players, and you've got you've got to know that and you you've equally got to know I don't I don't have the experience of managing the top three or four teams but I would think there's probably you need to know that as well that you kind of take your finger off the pulse of look you are playing for Cork or Tipperary or, or Kilkenny or Galway or whatever and you have a chance of winning on all Ireland you can't back away from that either so it's having that hard edge and yet at the same time having the arm around the shoulder with players and getting that mix right and not getting it wrong because if it gets if you get it wrong you never get it back You've and I think Brian makes a point there I mean there's an old saying you've only ever one chance of making a first impression and that's the first night you land in the dressing room and you know it's really really important that you get right on day one and that you stay right on that track and I think having an open sort of communications medium with players is really really important maybe not for all teams but certainly for a lot of teams 
I don't remember, Brian. Do you remember a manager ever asking you, were you happy in your life or you, were you happy in your job or, you know, are you under pressure? Did we ever, I, I played Intercounty up until 2011. I was never, I was never asked one, one dickie bird. Well, not one dickie bird. You, you were probably asked. one of the ones that looked happy though, <laughs> Willie. They probably didn't need to ask you that. <laughs> Maybe they could say, why are you always messing? Uh, why are you acting yeah. off? Why are you acting off? I needed a yeah. psychologist with each other. That was the, that was the, how did you do, Brian? Like, I mean, I, I don't, I know this is new and I think it's a great development like I mean mm. but getting to know players that was never a, a thing in my time like I mean you get yeah, to know I, I you, get, you get to know lucky. players as players you know yeah I've been lucky enough to have really good um, club managers so like I had like Ken Hogan and Johnny Kelly now and obviously they're well known in the um, hurling terms like they were excellent at that side of things too really getting to know players off the field Ken in particular had a, had a brilliant skill at it and getting to know players families and um I always say like he kept the wives and girlfriends happy and that that was really important because you know he never had a, an issue with you coming to train and etc so you know it's good management to know that and I suppose from my perspective obviously I'm a teacher and I'm involved in coaching a lot of teams as well and you know Cheddar makes a very very valid point you know knowing when to put the arm around um, a, a guy putting it around the shoulder or knowing when you can actually drive a fella through maybe bollocking him a little bit um, and knowing the difference in, in personalities and obviously that takes time um, and the other of it, I think Cheddar makes a, a fantastic point. You know, we look at Cody and everyone talks about how much he rules with an iron fist, but that wouldn't work in awfully or leash, you know, because to a point, because yeah. sometimes the players, they're, they're not replaceable to a, to a, to a point, you know, and yeah. there's, that, there's that happy medium that you're trying to work, with, work within. And, you know, maybe a guy will get away with a little bit more for for a while until it becomes untenable that, you know, he, his position on the panel isn't, isn't actually possible unless he's some way towards the line. So there's definitely different strokes for different folks. But it, that's a good point about Eddie Brennan and Leash Cheddar because Eddie, Br- Brian Cody probably wouldn't go back near lads that wouldn't come in the year before. You know what I mean? You'd get a chance to go in and that would be it. Eddie's gone back to the lads that didn't want to come in last year. And amazingly with Leash and disappointingly, after the year they had... The lads, other than Kieran McAvoy from Port Leash, who didn't go in last year, he's come, he's come back in this year. None of the other fellas that they wanted in wanted to come back in again this year. I was very surprised when I read that. Um, uh, first of all, you've got to give um, Brian Cody, um, you know, Brian's in a different position here. There's n- nobody's saying that if Brian wasn't over Leash and wasn't over Carl or Westmead, that he would adapt, adapt a different management. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, 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 yeah, he's dealing with what yeah, he's dealing with. He's dealing with what he's dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the point I'm sort of making. You know, you really need to know what's in front of you and what you're managing. It's not just coming in and doing what you think is right. You need to step back figure out everything first before you make any sort of decisions on these things because you could very well make the wrong one. And I'll just answer your point on that. Um, and, you know, look, Brian has alluded to it here. It is a very, very different role in these counties um, because the, the the carrot is very, very different. And and I suppose that's the point I'm making. And and the, the real issue here is, is that the volume of technically gifted players um, and I'm just talking my own county is very very different than it is in Kilkenny or Tipperary or Cork or some of these and so if you miss one or two players the loss is huge I mean you look at Dublin missed their wing back went off, he went off for a year there wing back there a couple of years ago they went on and won in All-Ireland um, so th- they clearly didn't miss him even though he was the best Dublin player again the following year when he Jack came McCaffrey, back Jack yeah. McCaffrey his name slipped in mind there um, so, so it's just that when you miss two or three players in your own county because the volume of, of of the players that can play and that can commit at this level is huge and you simply kind of just tar them with a brush like that and just say we had a good year last year because that's not what drives a lot of the people here and it, it, there may be a huge amount of hurdles in their, in their way you just take for example um, somebody's 25, 26 and he starts to build his own house you are now training six, seven days a week you know it's, it's a complete life commitment here to the team and to hurling and, and he's doing this and he's probably maybe able to do a little bit of work himself or he needs to work the extra hours to pay for the tradesman to build his house or whatever the case may be or he may change jobs and it's not easy his new management had you know, never heard about hurling and, and not giving him the time off so there's an awful lot of reasons here that you need to get in behind and you need to talk to the players you need to talk to everybody this, you know, we're going back to that point Willie you were talking to that person's work management team to figure out how you're going to get them released and what needs to get done to release your players. It's that level. It's a very, very different level um, than, you know, the Kilkenny's or any of these counties yeah. for, for you to really ensure that you have all your players and you need them all to be able to perform at this level. Yeah, no, it is. It's definitely an interesting one. There's been a lot of talk in football circles about how many players have been not committing to panels, Brian, and it hasn't yeah. so much been a topic of conversation in hurling, but I'm reading Daniel Kearney, who's opted out of Cork this year, Peter 
Peter Duggan, who's opted out of Clare to go travelling. Johnny Glynn's not coming back this year. Shane Bennett's opted out of Waterford again. Chad Fitz is going travelling in leash. Philip Amatney has retired at 28. Do you know what I mean? Like, should do we need to read into this from a hurling perspective as well that players just simply in their lives don't have the time to commit to what's being asked of them? I wouldn't read too much into it, to be honest. Again, yeah. all those have to be taken on an individual case by case basis, you know, and what's going on. Um, you know, Cheddar's kind of said it there, you know, whether it's job or traveling or, or family or relationship, you know, situations, um, finishing college, maybe feeling they want to go away for a year or so. We have to remember sometimes that this is a hobby. Like, you know, okay, it's a high stakes hobby, um, but it is ultimately a hobby. And, you know, people, sometimes it suits them, sometimes it don't, doesn't commit. And we can be very, um, and I, I've been guilty of this myself, we can be very quick to, you know, give out about players not committing and, yeah. and so on and so forth. They have no, we've no right or to enforce that on them, you know, whether they're good enough or not. Like, there's no one holding a gun to their head that they have to play in County Hurling. It doesn't pay the bills at the end of the day. Um, and obviously the same with the football. So, you know, I, I wouldn't read too much into it. I think players have come and go over the years. Maybe it just happens that there's five or six of them all here at the, at the one particular time. Um, and again, as I said, I wouldn't read too much into that. I, I see it from both sides, Cheddar, because I left Leash lots of times and I spent five summers in America and I did all that kind of thing. And yeah. at the time I was a little bit like, how dare you even tell me what to do with my life and I'm not contracted and now as a fan I look at lads not committing and I'm like ah for God's sake and I'm half tick yeah. with them and it's like I've completely you know <laughs> not taken my own advice back then yeah. it's hard I can see both sides I can see why mm. supporters obviously are very disappointed a team that goes well one year and then loses three players and you're back you know you scratching are, yeah. your, it's yeah. it's it's understandable from both sides I don't think there's anybody necessarily in the wrong there I know I, I, I think you have um captured it well Willie uh, look you've got to look at it from the player's perspective I think um, and look fruit cakes make, like myself would be absolutely raging that a player doesn't go you know putting eyes out going for something like this when you know when you re- realise maybe what's what's there but people are different um, and I think you've you got to you got to look at that and just by the way Charlie the Wire will be delighted to be compared to Cha Fitz but anyway I didn't say Cha the Wire did I? Anyway, Chad yeah. I've uh, Cha the Wire written down here <laughs> Anyway um, no and I mean look at uh, the, the, the thing about it is the Wooly, there's a sort of a side point to this um, just the players that you mentioned um, some of the players are sort of key losses to those teams um, you know Daniel Carney was that third midfielder in the previous game plan that Cork played Peter Big Duggan time, yeah. Very, very important, and they may not have another player to play that way. And Peter Duggan would have been a primary possession winner in the year and puckouts and all of that. And definitely Johnny Glynn was, um, you know. So, so they are serious losses. Um, but I think the first thing you got to look at isn't the player, and not necessarily look at it. You know, how can we help you out? Where are you going? Um, you know, I, I think we just need to get closer to players and, and support them more, and not, not necessarily players. That's everybody. You know, why not look out for each other here rather than castigating people for not playing? And look, Jack, Jack McCaffrey's a very, very good. Kid is here um, you know he, he look what he's done for Dublin since um, you could very well create a very negative and pessimistic atmosphere around the player just because you, you know you went to tour the world or something like that and if you look if you get in behind that you will always find that you know th- th- this is the usual one we'll say at the minute you know somebody's taking time out to, to, to go to Australia or New Zealand wherever they're going um, and if you look at it all our friends have probably done it as well yeah. um, they're, they're just simply doing what their own age group is, is, is doing you just got to recognise that and move on but I just go back to that point and I think Brian would back me up in that it's just a much bigger hit on, on some of the counties that's in the middle grouping that's trying to climb the ladder here Yeah no exactly we'll leave it on a bit of good news anyways because the Bonner Mar is back in business so Shane McCallan was at the, the Alliance League launch and he was saying thankfully I have no experience of an injury we all know his Bonner is in the shape of his life and he's coming back with great strength it was never going to be in doubt really because he's that type of guy and when he puts his mind to something like his, recover, like his recovery to his training he'll always be trying to better himself and get that stronger than it ever was so look listen, let's leave the top of the show on a good well, note well, the, Bonner, be, the Bonner's back just before we go off of that well, isn't it amazing that we haven't actually no, nobody seems to have mentioned that tip one in all Ireland without, without the Bonner yeah. um, you know what a bloody warrior you would have said you know I would have said you know earlier on in the year God I'm not so sure that that forward line will win without him and they did yeah. Um, you know, but it's brilliant to see him back. I think everybody just loves the guy. Everybody loves that type of player that just, you know, he's a selfless player, as I said before, plays for the team, um, no ego whatsoever. 
tough as, as nails. Um, you know, I think everybody loves that type of player and it's brilliant to see him back. Yeah, Brian, I'll give you one word on Bonner because I hear your school bell going there. I know we're going to have to leave you there now. So. <laughs> have to run. <laughs> I'm back. Do you, want word, um, do you want a word on Bonner or do you have to get yeah, out of there? No, Bonner, uh, no, just very quickly. Obviously, Bonner, um, <laughs> delighted for him because he's, a, he's one of the real good guys and you always hear the Tipperary players talk about him. About you know, and there's such superstars of Tipperary I've had, but they still talk about Bonner, you know, and it's he's so selfless in his play and everything that he brings, and as I said, real, real honest guy. So, you know, I think everyone at the panel, I think he would have been a big part of the motivating factor for last year, um, you know, to try and make sure that they won it for Bonner when he wasn't available. So, you know, it's it's good to see him back, um, and and still amazingly, uh, no no better man to work his way back onto that six probably, but. He'll still he'll get he'll get it hard because you know there's huge competition places in, in Tipperary at the moment. Okay, brilliant stuff, Brian. We will let you go there. We'll continue Thanks on here without you. Um, actually, Cheddar, there's one more uh, talking point I wanted to ask you before we left, and this just popped into my head talking with Damien Hayes on Monday, and this was about bending mm. the the old tradition of bending the hurl. Now I'm sure you've done it when you it, it usually happened when you'd be taking a sideline, and I was saying to Damien because we were talking on the back of Jerry Kelly's unbelievable sideline. And it just popped into my head why players don't bend the hurl anymore and why the hell players back in the 80s and 90s used to bend the shite out of the hurl on both sides. Damien says, all you're doing is weakening the hurl. You're actually doing of no benefit whatsoever. And I'm just wondering from your era, why did you, why did, why did you think you were doing so? What did you think you were doing? Uh, that's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good question, actually, Willie, um, because there certainly was a lot of it done years ago, you know, um, the old adage, you know, test the spring and the stick. You, you would do it, uh, obviously, when you get a new hurley because you just needed to, to, to know that you did have that um, spring in it. But Why would it, you need a spring in it? Because uh, um, if you didn't, it fairly, uh, fairly set your hands on fire if you oh, pulled right, you, know, you, you, you would have some timber, you would have some, some that would be just a board. Um, right. And, uh, you know, you would clash with another, another hurling, the sting would go up your hands. Um, so that sort of takes that out of it to an extent. Not 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 totally, but to an extent. And look, if you, you just wouldn't strike the ball well in that. You just wouldn't have the sweet spot in your hurley that you would you would have in that. Okay. But go back to the point. Um I don't. I, I. I don't know. I think it's maybe habit more than anything else. Uh, Woolly. Um. You know, something that you had done when you were a kid or something like that. And I might go, just go back to that point in a second. Or you know, maybe some people think that you know they'll get a better curve on the on the boss of the hurley to take a cut like that. But I, I'll tell you something. Um. There's going to be an awful lot of kids around Bursley in the next couple of months. They'll be all testing their hurley and 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 that sort of thing. And look, it may be very well just habitual that when you start off like that, you just keep doing like that. I. I, I I'll. I might just tell a funny one on that one. Um, I, I played a little bit of that whole Mullerkers game that UDB I was talking about and UDB talking about uh, um, you'd be raving about there, Woolly, in my earlier career. And um, some people might remember a mead back called Jack Quinn who used to take kickouts to, off the ground, obviously, in those years. Um, and he used to do a little skip before they came to it. And, and I thought that was great. I thought it steadied you up and all of that. So that had absolutely nothing to do with it. I said it was just a habit that Jack Quinn used. Some of the older <laughs> listeners might remember it. And, of course, I copied that. And it takes a while to get out of that habit, actually, now that I think of it. Um, um, so I, I, I think the engineers would say um, it probably does weaken the hurley. I think Brian is right. Um, but I, 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 I'd say it's just habit. People just do it just out habit. of habit. But you don't see them doing it anymore. That was the point I make. Yeah, and I, don't yeah no, I agree with you. Yeah, Yeah. so I don't know whether it's that message has been sent down or is just, I don't know, maybe yeah. the hurley maker will tell you, you don't need, that's tested now. That's yeah. There is enough given that you don't oh, need I to be. Oh, I think so. I think so. When you buy a hurley, like you do an awful lot of tests on it, even the balance on it, uh, Woolly, um, you know, you, the centre balance on it, you need to know that that's, that's spot on. Um, I mean, look, I think you asked me this question last year. I remember when you know when we were all young, we'd, we'd drill little holes in the bottom and put lead into the bottom of it, cross the lead in it and put, put the bands over them just to get the weight right. And you, you know, it might like a stick and you'd hold on to that for life and you try and get, you try and replicate that the whole time. I suppose the good the good players never broke sticks, um, but the, the the fellas like myself probably went through a fair few of them in our time. There's one other little thing of really interest here, Woolly. You'd be doing well playing hurling against cameras in the <laughs> 80s going through you the whole career. Draw, you always draw that <laughs> up and I can tell you there's going to be a couple of cameras lads that meet you somewhere <laughs> along the way, Woolly, and and they'll, they'll, they'll drive that home. One well, other, sure one other little funny thing, um, what's of more interest to me is actually the routine on freeze, Woolly. Um, I think if you look at Dickie Dalton for Father Neils on on um, on Saturday night, 
he just, I suppose, he just, uh, you know, keeps spinning the hurley in his hand before he takes the free. Right. Um, and if you look at Shane Walsh, I think for Tullerone, he's a different um, approach to the free. He sort of stands behind the free as such. And if you look at Ender Rowland, has a different approach again. Um, that's a little different because certainly, you know, going back a number of years ago, people would have started, you, you know, you would have faced up to the ball at the side and took the strike like that. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by some of them because I would think that 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 Declan's approach of spinning the hurley, you know, it, it, it mightn't actually help you. Um, yeah. All of the golf people and all of the, you know, you look at what Ronan Agar has spoken a lot about this, your routine, practice your routine, stick with it, stay with it. Um, and that's what free takers do. I'm just surprised by some of them. There seems to be a bit of a change in footwork and in routine in the last couple of years. Right. It's an interesting one that's spinning the hurley. I haven't seen him doing that. You see tennis players doing that. They're about, yes, to, they're about, to, they're about to return a, a serve coming 150 miles an hour and they're spinning yeah. the racket how would they actually have it back exactly the right place that's, to that, take that, that's exactly what I'm surprised about and that's interesting that, that you draw that example Willie because look they're coached to the nth degree and I'm just surprised that somebody hasn't said hold on a second now, now are you going to get it exactly where you want yeah, it to, yeah, to yeah. strike back I'd rather ball? have it exactly I would, before. I would have thought so I would have thought so but obviously okay. listen we'll do a show on tennis next week uh, Cheddar we'll come back in part two we'll take a look at one game which is Tipperary and Limerick Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because <laughs> there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you didn't let Shamey talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. No, absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go but no, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then yeah. he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. Yeah, so the big one, like I was mentioning in 1A, is Tipperary Limerick. This is obviously All-Ireland champions versus the team everybody thought would win the All-Ireland last year. And obviously on the back of Limerick hammering Tipperary in the Munster final. Like, while I did make the point that the, t- the league doesn't mean too much, um, and there's more importantly coming up early in the season, knowing what Liam Sheedy's like, and knowing the bit of controversy Limerick have come through and not making the All-Ireland final, mm. there might be a little bit of spice to this one. Um, I, I think there'll always be spice between <laughs> Tipperary and Limerick regardless of you know where it's played or what it is more particularly when it's hurling um, look I, I think it's a very very interesting game um, you know one might say well look Tip need to, to stop the rot here against Limerick and you know bear in mind I think the championship they're playing them in, in, in um, the Gaelic grounds again this year um, but I don't think that's the case in, in, in this instance look they're all Ireland champions um, but I think you know, look. People would say that that um, you know when you have when you have the foot on the throat of somebody, you have to fight twice as hard than to try and shake that off. And you know, tip maybe need to shake Limerick off. I think this might arrive in a different way. I think Tipperary will try some players. Um, I mentioned a couple of times about Mark Hugh last year. There's a number of young players that Brian has mentioned earlier on there that's going to try and, and get into the team. So they are going to be going at it hammer and tongs to try. You know, you're only going to get maybe a couple of, ch- of t- chances here to impress Liam Sheedy to, to grab a play in the team and, and you know where where is a better place to do it than against you know maybe your biggest opponents in, in the next year in this year's championship um, so I, I and I think what's much more interesting for me I think Tipperary may not change a huge amount of what they're doing uh, they may have maybe different personnel here and there and obviously Banner coming into that I think they're you know they're well on the journey about where they want to be and I, I, I you know I don't think they'll, they'll change a huge amount I'm, I'm really interested in looking at Limerick um, had a very very successful game plan that was clearly evident in the league of 2018 and then went on and won in All-Ireland but I think that that game plan was found out a little bit this year by a very good Kenny tackling game plan um, so what are Limerick going to do and you, you, look we spoke about the league earlier on this is where this is hugely important you know Limerick are going you could be out of the Munster Championship after two matches so you don't have time to road test your, your method or hurling or your game plan if you're going to go with a new one and Limerick went very much you know it was very 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 easy to see what they were doing in the sense they had um, you know nearly three half hours who were really wing backs um, coming back to field with, you know with, with, with great athletic ability then to come back up and support the attack on that um, 
but obviously Kilkenny completely turned that on its head by a really really good breaking down the play breaking breaking down their game plan in, in the Limerick defence turning over the ball and actually scoring and uh, to me that's the key metric of, of playing if you can do enough turnovers and then be creative and score well look that you're really well on the road at that stage I know Limerick could have very well drawn at the end I know they weren't far away um, but I it, think that I think that that obviously that ravenous tackling and getting turnovers works well with Limerick who tried to play it out from the back. Yes, correct. Because right? that, if you launch yeah. that you're, you're, you're bypassing but Limerick yeah. wouldn't do that. So no, Kenny got that spot and that, on. And that was a fierce change from Limerick. I mean yeah. that wasn't Limerick's way. Limerick's way was to, was to hit the ball long uh, prior to that. So is there, you know, I think Limerick might have to go with something else, something slightly different, um, just to bring something new to the table. You know, people will have disfigured out now how to flood the middle third, break down the uh, uh, possession game when out of the defence and that. But actually, when you do that, you know, what type of player then are you going to play in your half-hour line? Is that going to be a creative, quick uh, forward um, that, you know, of course he's going to have to tackle back the field, but maybe not as back as far as Jerry Hegarty and Kyle Hayes have. Um, so I, I think Limerick probably have a little bit of work to do here to look at the, the maybe tweaking their method of play a little bit because I think maybe some people might, might have caught on to it at this stage. And number two, um, if they do, well then what type of players fit into that then? And that is, you know, quite difficult man management. We spoke about this a while ago. Um, so, you know, if if Ger Hegarty doesn't fit into that, is he now challenging for a wing back spot or a midfield spot or something like that? I'm just, you know, I suppose You're just throwing, throwing that out there. there. Yeah. Exactly. That, yes. But that, that's the thing, why Limerick works so well is that the opposition's centre-half back will hold back. So he'll yes. be covering Galan and Casey and Flanagan and yes. all these guys. But Limerick worked it to a certain point where the, the ball they gave in was always bypassing him. Yes. If you hit it from too far back and it's the most frustrating thing you'll ever see in Hurling, you're landing it onto the spare man and he's putting it back Correct. up on top. Yeah. So like, for Limerick to change to a long a long ball, you're right, they'll have to keep more of their half-forward line in position. You know, and that changes everything. So, do they need to rip up a script though, Cheddar? Because like, look at it, was a, it was the bloody a deflection of a 65 that might have got them a draw. And um, this was against I, a Kenny no, team I, out for blood. No, I don't need to do, uh, Willie, and I'd, I'd be amazed if, if, if John did that. Um, I, but I don't think they need to, you know, maybe change things around a little bit. Um, no, not make it as obvious um, about how they set up and how they play the game. I think they came into 2018, um, you know, with a really defined game plan, very, very clear about what they were going to do. But the crucial part about it is they had the key players and the right type of players in the right places to actually play it. If you change that around, are those... Uh, players still adept at playing that game um, and, and with quickness and 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 with and I'd probably say um, at the minute I'd question that um, and if I was to use just some examples of that in the All Ireland they had plenty of chances of scoring but yeah. those forwards weren't the clinical forwards that maybe uh, maybe Gillan and Graham are so are you going to see maybe a more a, a Graham Malcahy um, um, Gillan type forward in it rather than the you know primary possession winners mobility players that we actually saw on the team I don't know I'm, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just trying to throw it, that out it, it does depend on a philosophy too because you see managers like Guardiola or Klopp to use a soccer analogy and Guardiola could get turned over playing out from the back and his goal scored against him and he goes look well that's that's obviously a, a risk we take and that my philosophy is to play yes. out from the back and yes. like it might be Kylie and Canark's decision this is the hurling we believe in it didn't work last year we're not going to start you know this is this is the style of play that we believe you know in and it depends whether they want to no, that's, continue that's a, that's on a really good point um, and I suppose that's the sort of point I'm making uh, Woolly um, well certainly if they do that they need to protect possession an awful lot better than they did last year because teams are going to come gunning for them with a really really good tackling plan and yeah. that'll be probably two man tackle you'll see full forward lines actually forsaken full forwards and going out to the half back line just, just to put in a ta- real real high intense tackling game and you just need to turn you over a few times and, and then you're, you know the team start to asking themselves you know should we just knock it long now and belt it and of course that's exactly what the opposition wants you yeah. to do um, but I, I do take your point um, you know so what I suppose what went wrong that day well they gave away possession too easily and they weren't clinical in front of the goals they had plenty of chances to win the matches out, match outside of that last uh, strike um, so you know they may very well say that they may very well say well, look we just didn't execute properly here and our our percentage completion of passing and that wasn't to the level that we normally are because I think that's what, what you're saying That that's what Guardiola would say look this yeah. is the way we play um, we play we play possession game we do not give the ball away so they don't have the can to hang with it um, and you know maybe we don't have those other type of players anyway those incisive clinical um, quick 
forwards that can you know that are that can score the John McGrath type forward I suppose I'm talking about yeah. that you know with four or five chances he's going to score four pints from very very little room if you don't have those well then you're just not in, in trying to do something different yeah no it's definitely interesting it was a very interesting stat I read today it was in the Limerick Leader they tried 29 players already in that Munster League and that's without eight players that played last year's championship so if you were to add you know the eight that probably will be on the panel again they're up using 37 players already you know yeah. 29 without those eight well, that's interesting because so it's a lot so it's a wonder is he going like he's definitely getting a look at lads now whether he yeah. wants to I, I like to look at Nash as a wing back like I mean I don't see it's hard to get in wing back on that team because they're yeah. so bloody good yeah, no, there's there's definitely purpose to that. I would think, um, you know, looking at what John and and the Limerick management team uh, did in 2017 and 2018, in particular, and particularly during the league, um, you know, they definitely um, had a clear idea. And you know, you were talking about Shane earlier on a clear vision about where the team should go and the personalities that they had to fill the the, the positions, um, and they just kept rehearsing that and probably tweaking it every day and just getting it right. And I would think that they're they're a very very clear vision about the number of players that they think have the ability to step up here and step into the positions that they want to play in. When is Liam Sheedy going to start trusting these young fellas? Because to be fair, last year he gave them... Well, yeah, I think... I, uh, I know Liam. Um, Liam trusts these players. That's not an issue. The, the issue is, are these players better than the players he has at the minute? Yeah. And and he is a fantastic judge of that. That's what makes Liam probably... is probably his greatest attribute. We all know the, the year after... That you, although Limerick didn't shake it up. Now, they didn't win an All-Ireland. To win an All-Ireland yeah. the year after, something has to be shaken up. Is that fair to say? No, no I, I I think that's just cliched stuff, Wooly. Um... I don't think so. I, I, I've, there's no reason why the same team can't go along and get a little bit better even and win it again with the very, very same team. It doesn't happen often. Can yeah, any, even Cody always changed uh, someone. He changed one or two kind of went by the wayside uh, and someone came No, I, I think that's not a bad idea to have one player coming in, but that's for a different reason. That's for sustaining performance over a long number of years. Um, if you were to say, if you just said, look, my objective this year is to win the All-Ireland again and I don't really give a damn what happens to that or what happens to my county after that, that's, diff- that's a different objective. Um but I, I, I don't subscribe to that, Willie. Um, now, you might want to create um, little conditions like that uh, in the team to, to, to keep people sharp and to keep people hungry and all of those things. But if the 15 that played last year in the training right up to the game are still playing the best and are the best in the county, well, look, you'd be fairly silly not to play them again if, yeah. if that's what they're proven. You know, once to prove it, they've got to justify it. You're, you're, I, I'm not saying that you're living on last year's performance. You're living on the performance that you're seeing in the training field and look Brian has, has said that hundreds of times and sometimes we don't just listen enough to what he's saying uh, and that's what I think makes Liam very good as well he trusts what he sees in front of him and he makes the decisions based on the performance in front of him and I, I don't I, I don't know any better way than that No and it, what it is it's to, but it's the same with every year when the, win, the, the team that wins the All-Ireland you think geez, where would anyone get into that team like you look at the Tipperary team other than Bonner and like Bonnie O'Mara would be very hard done by now yeah. and Dan McCormick's yes. other wing like I mean Bonner like Bonner nearly has to start but like you'd be very harsh on O'Mara who is outstanding yes. which would look like the fellow who would probably lose out to Bonner if well, he was well, coming well, back well I suppose that just backs up my point uh, Willie really so you you think of how O'Mara is or any of the other half hours there and I know that Bonner's after breaking himself to get himself into the condition to go for this for, to go for this team and win his jersey back what are you going to do let him give it to him um, you know so that's the real hunger and the real aggression that you need in the dressing room you know yeah. it's, it's built on honesty of course and trust and all of those things and real camaraderie within the team but it's also built on, on that type of look it's animal stuff really that's what you're looking for and if you have that in the dressing room my god it's a fantastic place to be and, and it's, it needs to be genuine you can't just make that up players see through that pretty quickly if you're just putting somebody in there and you're dropping somebody and you know in your heart and soul this guy wouldn't lace your boots no it doesn't work like that yeah, I think, yeah. well, we all know that um, but I think you know, you just you just use Tipperary as the example. Bonner coming in there, knowing who he is and what he is, and he's going to break himself or break somebody to get that jersey <laughs> yeah. back. Um, so you can't rest in your oars either. Yeah, no, exactly. Right, we'll come back and we'll preview the league in general after the break. Yeah, we I, we do. Yeah, we have a farm back home, so we have, we have a big farm back home, and we have we have uh, cattle and sheep and. We have a few donkeys as well, so um, we had a couple of Philly donkeys. Uh, so I brought them down, and so we did actually sold them. So uh, I think we had four donkeys. 
on the day and we sold them to a man from Wexford so we did so there's, there's the piebald donkey so there are, and there's the, the uh, traditional donkey and there's the, the Spanish donkey and then there's the uh, Spanish uh, donkey they call it. Yeah, you, see, you see them on the on the beaches and everything so um, yeah you can actually one time one time the the donkey was useless right? but now some people have started to get back into them because you can use them for headage and uh, it's used towards your would say your bonuses your grants a donkey a donkey in Eden a donkey in Eden palace Okay, so we'll do some predictions, Cheddar. I know you get very excited about, <laughs> about predictions. You're going to tell me that you don't want to predict anything. I'm, I'm nearly sure. Well, I have predictions and Brian Carroll has predictions. They are very, are very similar, actually. And I didn't copy Brian's. They were there before that, right? So I'll give you me and Brian's prediction for Division 1A first. So finalists and winner. So we have uh, Galway and Limerick um to to top so the, the the new system here there's no quarter finals so it's the top two in 1a and the top two in 1b playing semi-finals so brian and myself have gone for galloway and limerick to come out of 1a and we both actually funnily enough have dublin and wexford to come out of 1b and then the final to be between wexford and limerick and he he has wexford to win the final and i have limerick so I don't know. Can you can you follow all? We'll go with the <laughs> predictions before we mention. But what did pop? What did was similar with both is Wexford to have a good league, Cheddar. And like I mean, looking from the outside, they do look like they're going to maybe push on. With Andrew Shore is back, they have a few players in from the footballers. I don't know what they're like as hurlers. Maybe you know more than me. Michael Furlong, Kevin O'Grady. Um, Michael Dwyer I'm not sure they didn't, didn't, didn't play again in the final of the Walsh Cup any of them I don't know if they're any good but they'd be good squad players Andrew Shore is definitely someone who could start um, so they definitely look like they're on that trage- trajectory and we know Davey wants to win every game um, Yeah I'd agree with um, Galway and Limerick actually they're probably the two teams um, and, and look, we've just said earlier on like there's an awful lot of variables here This you know you could change based on what you're seeing and based in terms of injuries and and fit players and all of that um, and I'd probably go with Wexford and Kilkenny on the other side um, even uh, Kilkenny being without they'll be without the Bally Hill will, for another yes. couple of rounds <coughs> yes they? no they will um, but they're, they're uh, just think uh, getting to the All-Ireland and, and um, you know setting your goals out for next year and you know yeah. Brian, I think Brian will see the league as being important to him this year just to, to, to stay going and he'll want to take down Wexford as well I think um that's it's interesting, Wooly, because it pr- probably contradicts our argument a little bit earlier on. You know, you take Wexford. Um, clearly, Davy has went out to win matches with Wexford and to win to take down big teams. Yeah, and you know, you, you, we all know that you know it's one way of building self belief and, and confidence in that. Um, you beat you know one of the teams above you fairly regular. Um, you, you have no fear of them after that. You actually want them. You want you want to take them on. I think that's Davy's attitude to Wexford at the minute, and I would suggest that it needs to be the attitude of Dublin as well. Dublin needs to consistently start beating some of these teams to be to put themselves in the starting line for 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 winning an All Ireland and that. Um, Davy savors it though, doesn't he? He wants those big teams. It's actually yeah. interesting. Would you believe I saw him? As, it, this is just Davy Fitzgerald, and this is what makes him great. Like if this is just a small thing. But it was after beating Galway in the Walsh Cup they came back and got a late 1-1. So they beat them in a Moor Park. And he says, I'm not looking forward to coming here next Saturday night. Um, I'm 100% not looking forward to it. So he's ramming this home. I saw a few of them taking notes there. Now, whoever Eddie sent or maybe it was Eddie himself. I saw a few of them taking notes there. So to be well into getting ready for next week. I know what's coming and I've told the lads we have to be ready for it. We've got to be ready for a battle next week. So he's in the dressing room after winning the Walsh Cup telling them now whether he saw Leash lads there or not. Yeah. He's telling his players, you know what I mean? Yeah. He has them pr- primed already to go, these lads are out for us already. I'd say most managers would probably say the same thing though. Yeah. You know, you mightn't just hear about it, Willie. Um, you know, I'd be I'd be amazed if Shane or if I'd be absolutely amazed if Liam Cahill wasn't in the same situation as David that he didn't say broadly the same thing. You, right. know, you need you need to keep everybody sharp here. Um and, and um why, why would David say it publicly then? Uh, look, sometimes um, you might. You know, I would be surprised if Davy hadn't hasn't thought that through. To be honest with you, because um, he might say it publicly because the talk around Wexford and and as a friend of mine says around the kitchen table might very well be you know you're you're going to get two pints up there. So he may yeah. that may very well be aimed at supporters or something like that. You know, it's unlikely that Davy would have just thrown something out um, as a soundbite and something like that. Uh, you know, I would have think he, he would have thought 
through beforehand regardless of how the game went um, that you know his focus re- really was on the following Saturday night it was great to win of course but his focus was really on the following Saturday night and to keep everybody sharp mentally sharp here and not fall into a sort of a, a, a lull about you know a game that they're going to play Yeah they have Ma- Matthew Hannan and Lee Chin this is good news for Leash they're going to be out for the weekend and Dermot O'Keefe is only back from travelling so he's not fully right either so like I mean Leash got them at home when missing a few of their bigger players you know Leash would be looking at that thinking that you know they have an outside chance of getting a result well, I don't know anybody in Leash that would think to have an outside chance you're going ball headed for these <laughs> matches but anyway um, um, no, look Leash have a very very good record against Wexford over the years uh, Willie not necessarily beating but certainly in performance um, and that I'm you know going way back here um, and you know it, it, some teams you know at least play Tip or play Kilkenny or maybe play Cork um, look they've been so successful over the years there's probably a psychological gap there about it but that's not there with Wexford and it's not there with Dublin um, you know as and again as was shown last year um, so I, I think it'll be a quite tight, a, a tight game and um, I think Leash will miss Charlie the wire um, in terms of you know primary win and primary possession and that sort of ball off the floor and that uh, but I, I don't think there's going to be much in that and, and uh, you know Davies Davies right here you know don't don't arrive undercooked to a game like this and expect then after five minutes you know Jabers we're in the middle of a war here we need to switch it on it doesn't work like that you need to come in properly prepared for that yeah. but I don't think there's going to be a huge amount in that I'm, I'm you know born really about that there, there really is no fear of Wexford from least playing them yeah to Clare none of us have tipped Clare Peter Duggan's away travelling who's a big loss they play both Wexford and Kilkenny away so the draw hasn't been kind to Clare yeah. I suppose in that in that division they have a good history in the league though going way back um, and you know I think Brian will be targeting that um, you know Brian will have a different way of managing and he'll have, you know there'll be a lot of new things coming to the team here um, and he'll probably want to test players you know, you know do you really have it in the stomach here to do to go to war for me and that type of thing um, and and um, you know I think Clare will be fired up Brian will have Clare f- fired up there's, I think there's no doubt about that um, so you know again it depends where teams are um, you know if, if they're playing for example Kenny at the right time there's going to be very little between them and they're missing maybe six or seven of what you might think was, is their first team and you know if TJ is missing his captain with their team this year probably one of the finest players we've ever seen uh, and without him last Sunday I'm not so sure that Ballyhale might have won without him that's yeah. how important he is so if you're missing a few couple of key players like that and I know Clare are a good team they've been Ireland in the bag in 2013 not terribly long ago um, you know that could tip it going the other way so Clare I, I think Clare have certainly one of these teams that have a point to prove um, you talk, You mentioned Kilkenny there and it's interesting that Colin Fenley said it's an amazing this is Kilkenny won the senior intermediate and the junior hurling at the weekend and he said it's an amazing achievement it shows Kilkenny is on the way back which was an interesting thing Colin is accepting they weren't they were gone um, a lot of people put Kilkenny away last year they said we don't have a hope and we got to an All-Ireland final and now you have three club teams winning All-Irelands Killian Buckley was at a media launch of the, the National Leagues and he said something similar is there mm. a kind of a feel-good factor around Kilkenny I made the point here on the show and I don't want to go on about it but I didn't make it to you is that Kilkenny will always do well at intermediate and junior levels because they've only 12 senior teams so Tullerone are number 13 in Kilkenny and they're not playing number 13 necessarily you know in Cork and mm. it makes for a brilliant championship in Kilkenny with 12 teams Kerry has the same in football and they could the number 13 Temple No in Kerry could play the number 25 in Dublin because Dublin have two, yeah. two 16s you know you're not comparing like with like look that may be the case at intermediate and at junior level but it's still an incredible achievement to win the Freedom in yeah. one year I think even if Tip won that or Cork won that just you'd be sort of saying that that's fair going I think Colin was was or Colin was gilding and gilding it a little bit there Willie to be honest with you and, and, and that um no hurling person ever doubts Kilkenny. They've had uh, the critical bits in place, um, I suppose, to ensure continued success uh, going back as far as I can remember. Um, they have a high volume of technically gifted players. They have incredible spirit. They have a real sense of purpose about them. Um, and, you know, they've sort of an undying spirit. I mean, I, I suppose Anthony Daly captured it really well in a media article there during the week that they just simply do not know defeat. They will never give in. So that's always been in place. And if you look back at some of the technical players, I'm going back a little bit here. 
Um, you know, if you look back to 60s, 70s, Seamus Clear, Eddie Kerr, uh, move it on a little bit to Joe Hennessy, move it on a little bit to to Billy Fitz, um, move it on a little bit even to the TJs, DJs, Henry Shefflin, Owen Larkin, some of the most fantastic, skillful players. And uh, allied to that, you've had some fairly tough men in the sense of the, the you know, the Nicky Yars and Pat Hendersons and Jerry Hendersons and, and Jackie and Brian Hogan and, and, and Noel Hickey and that, you know, you you wouldn't you wouldn't sort of pull a mean stroke around them lads or you'd know all about it. So they've had all of those things in place for, 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 for so long. So I, I think um, I just think and I can tell you there's an awful lot of more quality players to come here as well you look what Kieran's are doing over the last couple of years so I think Colin might have been gilding a little bit there they're in an All-Ireland last year and rightly so they deserve to be there and they're not going to be too far away this year either right. um, and I think I think if they get them all together and just get uh, I think Brian probably just needs a little bit of time to blend the team and get all the players in the right positions in that. Um, and um, look, they're in an All-Ireland, will So let, let, I don't think anybody ever, ever underestimates Kenny. And if you did, you'd be a fairly foolish person. What about Shane Walsh? What do you make of him? He's he, he's after doing some scoring for Tullerone on the way to that All-Ireland and in the final yeah. as well. Like, I mean, we, we know from his speech he's clearly a bit of a character. Like, I mean, has he got the ability to, to yes, get in has. there? Yes, he has. Um, and... and um, I suppose I go back to something, Wooly. Um, I suppose it's maybe it's a, maybe it's a business term, culture, culture, eat strategy, and that type of stuff. Um, the culture in Kilkenny is always spot on about that thing, and and nobody epitomizes that better than the Walshes. I would think, you know, look, Tommy epitomizes what it is to hurl for Kilkenny, um, and look, Shane's hardly going to miss out on a bit of that um, around yeah. the kitchen table or anything like that. Um, so he has, he has, look, he has uh, real, real pace about him, um, good finish, uh, really, really hard worker. You know, he has all the attributes I suppose that Brian likes in in that type of player. But there's a whole, there's a, a raft of those type of players in Kilkenny that could, that, that could step up at any time and just grab a Kilkenny jersey and go on and win an All Ireland. And they've proved that over the years. You remember going back with Wally when he came on to an All Ireland team, you know, it came from nowhere and was man of the match. You know, what other county could actually do that? There's not too yeah. many around. Anyway. Didn't Jerry Elward come out of nowhere and win an All Star in his very first year yes, too, did. when yes, nobody really knew, yes, knew yeah. about him at all? Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly, we'll give Waterford a mention here, uh, Cheddar, because like like I mentioned, I quite like the sounds of Liam Cahill. Um, he's got a tough job though. There's no doubt about that. Brick retired. Noel Connors and Morris Sheridan have been dropped. Philip O'Mahony is retired at 28. Shane Bennett's not committing again this year. That's a fair whack of your of your established players, isn't it? And we know, like, what the, the amazing thing about Waterford is they had that exceptional minor and under 21 team. Yeah. And all the players came off that. They've exhausted them. Like, there's no more of them. Like, and they do need new players. We know Desi Hutchinson mm. has come in. Uh, um, Shane Fives came back this year he's played already in the Munster League at least they're two back uh, Jake Dillon's back yeah. so they're they're compensating a little bit but you know instead of just compensating for fellas that are gone you'd like to be adding to it wouldn't you? Um, yeah, yeah I suppose that just goes back to the point we were talking about earlier on about you know players taking time out and that Willie. but I, I do think Water will have enough players um, I think you know like Liam has a team ready to go I think that's important um, I think they've got experience. Um, they've got a hunger um, to get going again. Um, I think he's been sort of lucky in the sense that uh, Parag took over the team last year, and that transition has happened, I suppose, from from Derek McGrath. So the the the, the transition has happened as such, um, and he's lucky to come in and have that year. You know, has yeah, passed. The as only such. way is up now, rather than taking over from Derek. So there's, it's an easier job. It's than an Fanning, easier job. It? There's no, I think there's no doubt about that. But but on the other side of that, um, so I suppose there's no waiting in Watford. We're good to go. Um, but the other side of that is there is, there is an expectation in Waterford that there is a, a quality crop of players there, and we need to we need to maximise that and get something you know get something out of them in the next couple of years. And I think if that's the feeling within the players, well then Liam is in, in a good place. If, if that's what he's generated, that um, you know real hunger to go away now and let's do something and 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 win some things here while we're while we're still able, um, then he's in a good place. 
Yeah, so he's definitely he seems to have something like the two All Irelands he won with Tip. They were underdogs yes. against a very yeah. very fancy Cork yeah. teams. But, but it's hard to read that, Woolly. That's under twenty one. It's yeah. just, or under twenty under twenty one. It's just difficult to read that um, at, at different times. But you're right. It, it, it in both of them um, there were the underdog on both of them, and he did come out on top. Some he, managers quite like that, don't they? Like being over the underdog and 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 taking on a big. But maybe it depends on what you're used I to. I think I think in any sport, it's you know if you were asked in any sport. Um, whether you're a player whether you're a manager or whatever being the underdog is a good place to be you know you're fighting against everybody and so on yeah, so on. it's true. a good psychological p- position for a dressing room to be in that's provided why they all make themselves underdogs before no, but, matches but, but, but provided that, that that gap's not too big if there's a psychological gap there that you're afraid of going out I mean that then you're underdog you're not really the underdog at all you're, 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 you're a dead dog um, but I, I think Liam is in a little bit of a tricky position that the first two matches are tough for him um, and um, you know so I think he needs to get his team right very early and get the system at play and whatever way that is going to be and get as I said earlier on get the right players in the right place and get, have the right backup players to be able to step in if somebody's not doing the job and that he probably needs to get that right uh, fairly early so I think the league is important to Liam OK so you have Galway and Limerick coming out of one and then you have Wexford and Kilkenny coming out of the other one who do you have in the final then and who do you have to win it Um, not just because I'm doing some work there but I I, I just think that Kilkenny um, if they can get over those first uh, couple of games without the Ballyhale players without the Tullerone players um, and without the Fitz players um, that's a fair whack though I know it is I wouldn't wouldn't be tipping Kilkenny on that basis do you know what I mean because of how many lads they're going to be missing yes until Yes, if the culture was effect, different in the effect, county, but it affected them badly last year. Did it? They were in a relegation playoff last year, missing no, it does. all the Valley Hill. No, I agree with you. It does, um, but I just, you know, I think they've, they've, they've new players coming in that certainly have. A, Kilkenny have certainly have a huge amount of, of quality players. Whether to be able to step in there and just, you know, make a statement and grab the jersey or not, you know, I think they will. They're, you know, they're all a year more mature. They were very, very young last year. Some of them, I think, they're more mature now, and they sort of, you know, know they got to an All Ireland and they know what's there for them. Um, and I think if, if Brian gets over the first couple of games um, I, I, I wouldn't tip against him will you now to be honest with you OK right just to finish up quickly then we have 2B um, so look uh, you'd imagine it's going to be between Offaly, Kerry and Antrim to come out of this one Yes, no, it, it has to be. A, um, and look, it's a, it's a risky, a tricky one. I think it's a tricky one for Michael Fennelly um, because, you know, Kerry will not give anything away easily. Or, you know, Antrim, I know they beat Antrim in, in, in the cup there recently, but there was very, very little in it. Um, I'm not too sure now if that game is in Antrim or if it's, or if it's in uh, Tullamore. Um, but you go up to Ballycastle to play Antrim, it's a very, very difficult place to come out of and, and, and win. And, and I know that myself. Um, so it, it's not as clear cut and, and as clean cut as you would think that Offaly would you know, g- get through that and get back up again it's not going to be as easy as that um, and it, it goes back a lot to you know, is everybody in Offaly going to really get in behind the team now because um, a lot of the time this is what sort of happens it happens in everywhere it happens in business and everything there's a whole absolute pile of literature about the race to the bottom in business and when you go there it's probably, it's probably over for you there's no way of recovering and what happens really is there's a huge amount of pessimism around the county and there's an awful lot of 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 uh, people pulling away and energy suckers in a county and y- you know you might win a couple of games and you might get rid of it but you lose a game against a team that the county is expe- expect you to win and then it might turn the other way so it is a little, there's a little bit of risk here for Michael and he needs to start, start to get this early build confidence within the team get the best players in the field obviously um, get the team to buy into what you're doing that is absolutely top of the tree I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure it will be with the people that's involved um, and then get the county behind you and I think when you have that momentum then you you can move places but just to get off the ground at the start with that is is not easy not easy Joe Bergen's retired as well I don't think Shane Dooley's available so they were two of their big scorers the whole the whole way so but, but I would think they that off should be enough to win that though right? uh, they, they should and I think they, they would have had needed to look at new players anyway I mean you have Oshin Kelly you have some players coming through and awfully Liam Langton you have some young players there and awfully that, that are quite gifted as well you just need them all that's the issue really and awfully yeah okay great stuff Cheddar right that's all we have time for we'll be back on Monday and we'll review the games that were on television and we'll be back on Thursday for the next preview show then after that right we'll talk to you then good luck well, when I started running I suppose I didn't stop and when I got the chance to go I said I'd stay going so it opened up we were only the small little fish out there so we are and uh, we're trying hard to make it through but it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish because I love this county so much you know and it's just I'm delighted that the lads the lads did it for the people of Warford today because like I, I'm, har- I'm heartbroken I let it go cause I didn't see you later when we're not allowed to talk here.